friends. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. This is episode five, the morality era of our epic Alice Cooper series. Now, for the last couple episodes, we've invited some guests on the show. For episode three, we did Chris Senzak of Decibel Geek podcast. And also for last episode, the last episode, we did Rob of the website, the pop culture site, Criticult. Both are obviously Alice Cooper fans, wanted to be on the show. And that's in addition to the shows that we already recorded with Joy of Rock Strikes 10 and, of course, Baco and I. So we did the same thing. That was the idea for this one, too. So we invited Rob Kern of the radio show Loud, Drunk, and Angry and the From Out of Nowhere podcast. And, you know, the previous two, we had structure. We said we're going to do 20 minutes, just add it on to the episode to make it about 50 minutes to an hour. Now, <laughs> that didn't happen this time. As usual, plans go awry. And we, so this is a two, pretty much a two-section podcast. So the first section, which again was only supposed to be 20 minutes long, is more general. With Rob, he talks about everything from his first, you know, his gateway into Alice Cooper, his collection of eight tracks, Alice Finding Jesus, and then it just kind of goes all over the place. His dissatisfaction with Eric Singer's talent and putting on his his Catman makeup. And also he is he finds out that he is indirectly responsible for Cobras and Fire, our podcast, even existing. So you get to find our origin story. So first part is more general, but very entertaining with some great music in there. And the second part is with Joey of Rock Strikes 10 and Baco and I, we, we dig deeper into the morality era. So with that said, let's get down to it. And remember, kids, nothing's free. Dandy, <laughs> <Good. That's right. laughs> so what's my, my spirit lord? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm so glad you could join in. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm glad to. Happy to. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. <laughs> my name is Baco, and I am joined as always by the delicious Loose Cannon. Loose. Hello there. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. 
How was that for an intro? That was good. I like I like uh, flipping the script a little bit, giving you the reins. Nice. Less responsibility on my end. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, I didn't know it came with responsibility. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, you go, go, is that it? Is that you stopping? Well, yeah. Now you have to introduce the guest because I didn't know I had uh, responsibilities. Okay, fine. I'll take it from here. So we are on Era 5. We are on the on this epic Alice Cooper era series where we are covering the entire discography. For today, we are doing the what we're calling the Morality Era. And that goes from Last Temptation, Brutal Planet, and Enzo Dragontown. So with that, the last couple episodes, we've been having guest stars on the show to make it just, it's more fun. This whole thing has been... You know, so rewarding seeing that the number of listeners we've had from everywhere, from all over the the planet. So it's 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 been great seeing that. So we've reached out to other podcasters, fans of Alice Cooper, and today we are welcome to the show, Rob Kern. How are you, sir? Hey, good. Just doing fine. How the hell are you doing? Doing great. And before we kick it off, why don't, why don't we just kind of break down what makes you famous? Uh, probably this. <laughs> I see. Nice and throaty, wasn't it? That it was, was drinking one of those. Yeah. Uh, it was a nitro stout. A nitro stout. What's what's, yeah. a, what's the uh, what's the the brand there? I, don't know, I think it's the Sam Adams coffee something or another. I just I like how it sounds when you open that can. It's that's the uh, it's the sound of uh, the souls of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous members dying. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear me every week, the loud, drunken, angry show. It's it's one of them old fashioned Ray Didio shows over on Uncontrolled Noise. We're live. You can't download us. It's it's music. It's me pissing and moaning and ranting about stuff. Uh, three hours of music. Uh, Every Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Sunday is 1 p.m. Eastern, so right after you get out of church, you can start knocking back the bruise and listening <laughs> to some great rock and roll. And then Monday nights at 8 p.m. And uh, loud, drunk, and angry. And I'm also the co-host of the From Out of Nowhere podcast. That uh, I think it's been it's been a year now since we've done a show. We've got 93 episodes, and we 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 take long breaks. You do, you do. And, and uh, before we move on to both of those things, which uh, I love all your your ventures, the, or adventures. Now, is it you that does the intro to the show? The, like, that, loud, drunk, and angry. That is, uh, that's Finn Muir from Wasted. Okay. It's my it's, buddy Finn. Yeah, he does that. It's incredible. I love yeah, it. Yeah, and he also does the, uh, the pissed off track of the week intro also. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, you can also uh, go over to Amazon. I'll plug my book too. Please uh, do. Uh, 33 Days in the Hole, The Chicago Experiment. For 33 days, I listened to nothing but one band, that band, Chicago the band. And it's kind of the story of what do you do when you take an angry, metal-loving guy and force him to listen to one band and nothing else for 33 days straight. And I kind (laughs) of end each chapter with like some kind of tale of drunken ignorance, usually at my own expense. Now, now, Baco, do you own this as well? I do. I do. I, do. I know. And it's so, actually where I uh, I learned how to make record bowls, and uh, uh, I, I did uh, like that. That was pretty cool. I made I I don't know at least thirty record bowls. I don't even know where most of them ended up. But. <laughs> and crafty, I'm crafty too. Damn That's straight. Yeah, yeah. No. So so now you know the the two sales you've had. <laughs> I actually did. Hey, that thing got me all the way out west and back. My buddy and I did a trip across America. And I sold a boatload of those things. I was That's quite awesome. surprised. Yeah. No, I'm good. Isn't it? It is impressive when uh, 
just messing with it, but, but how stuff, you know, there's so much stuff out there. We're just amazed when one person downloads our show for, yeah. to find it on Amazon and stuff like that. So it's, it's good stuff, but I definitely read it and it, you know, recent, uh, rock and roll hall of fame inductees as well. Yeah. Must, yeah. That, be helped very proud. The that helped the sales too. That, that I got a nice little boost on that. Oh, nice. And I, I got my favorite review. Some guy bought it. There's a one star review on there. That's my favorite <laughs> review. Like it's the next book I write. That's going to be like praise for rob kern's previous book and it's going to be in there and i loved it i thought it was great i, I was more excited about that than like the, yeah, the five no. star reviews i do want to add two things uh first cobras and fire that's my favorite little johnny cougar song a podcast and boy it is a good one yeah. so fill your earbuds up with some cobras and fire Cobras and fire, sex in your headphones, cobras and fire, while work or at home, on a mission for to save rock and roll, for the rock and rollers, there's cobras and fire, cobras and fire, rock's not dead, cobras and fire, you just found it my friend, on a mission for to save rock and roll, for you rock and rollers, here's cobras and fire. And he's always going to be little Johnny Cougar to me. He's I, I refuse to say the M word. It's little Johnny Cougar. No, absolutely. And, and, and second of all, I'm excited as hell to be uh, talking about the most dynamic era of Alice Cooper. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you there. No, man. But uh, going back to from out of nowhere. Just give you a little background here. I want to let you know that basically, just so you know, you do you know that you're responsible for this entire podcast existing? <laughs> Are you aware of that? No, that's good to hear. Do you know how that happened or not? Uh, probably you heard Baco on one of the episodes. You know, um, obviously we're both writers. <laughs> I'm a, an occasional writer on Decibel Geek, <laughs> very occasional. But 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 you know, I started reading some of the articles. I'm like, this one guy named Baco has a pretty good sense of humor, um, questionable, just like his taste in music. And he's, he has, it, you know, his articles are entertaining, but, you know, are grammatically challenged. But I will, wow. he, you know, I, I, he seems like a guy I should, I should at least reach out to. And then it turns, and then I remember he said, I said like, hey, have you ever done any podcasts before? And he said, yeah, I'm on this From Out of Nowhere podcast, which I'd actually heard the Trial of Sammy Hagar episode. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm spectacular and i think he he did a very good uh yeah yeah he did did a very good even though you had guys had some like technical difficulties or whatever but the whole point is is that that it was just the, the spirit was there and i like the everything so basically what i'm just telling you rob is you're pretty much like a match.com <laughs> for, for guys that want to meet other guys <laughs> in a heterosexual nature that want to talk on the internet so yeah, i just want to exactly. let you know <laughs> that's good to hear i'm glad i'm bringing people together absolutely <laughs> Do you have anything to add on that, Baco? Well, I met Rob because I sent him a CD and said, would you play that on Foon? <laughs> <laughs> was that what your move yeah, was? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Little Jesus Chrysler. Yep. It's awesome. Very good. Well, enough uh, jerking each other off. The yeah. the uh, And also, I just want to ask Rob, is, is, is there any reason specifically that Baco and I have constantly you know, reached out to you 
for our idea for another podcast called Three Clowns in a Podcast. Is there any reason you have not answered that call? <laughs> I'm ready whenever, man. <laughs> okay, I just want to call you out on that. Yeah, yeah, fuck, anytime. Man. Jeez, it's kind of rude. Yes! Good. So Three Clowns in a Podcast, coming soon. But, so anyway, so why don't you kind of kick it off, kind of give us your impressions of, you know, your connection with Alice Cooper and whatnot in general, and, and maybe talk about this era, whatever you want to do. Go ahead. The, uh, you know, my first experience about to Alice Cooper was I was, I was a young kid, probably about 11 years old. Uh, my buddy, his uncle got married and, you know, back then when you get married, it was, you gave up your record collection, you know, women, <laughs> women didn't like rock and roll and this poor bastard had to give up his record collection. And it was, it was a stack of about 40 records. Was that actually a law? Yeah, Back I then wouldn't even was, let yeah. my wife put her CDs in with mine. <laughs> they have to be segregated in their own rack. You don't want to pollute it. People will come and go, ooh, what is that? No, that's that's my wife's. That's not mine. That's right. <laughs> exactly. But look, we have this stack of records, and we're thumbing through them. And I remember we got to kill her. Mm-hmm. And that, that cover was just so striking, and the scrawl on the front of it. And we're like, okay, put this one on now. And it was like, boom. And it was maybe about a year after that, I had joined uh, Columbia House Records for the first time and had a big stack of records. And, of course, I joined the the RCA Music Club, too. Of course. So I had a nice little collection going. And there was an older kid, a high school kid down the street that was uh, pissing and moaning. Eight tracks were just starting to fade at that point. <laughs> and he had this huge eight-track collection. He's like, I want to get into vinyl. So I presented it to him and I said, hey, man, I'll trade you your eight track deck and all your eight tracks for these, you know, 30 records. And he came and looked through them and and said, deal. And he had, I don't know, 50, 60 eight track tapes and brought them and we both walked away going, sucka. <laughs> and, and it had, you know, it was it was just talk about just jumping in the deep end with with uh, rock and roll. It had all the early Alice Cooper's. And I just remember that that whole winter just playing one eight track after another. And I ended up, I think, you know, once all the older kids in the neighborhood got wind of, hey, this this dummy likes eight track tapes. I was buying them for like a quarter, <laughs> a quarter a pop. This guy has no idea how, the, how obsolete this guy is going to be in six days. <laughs> but uh, do you I have a, uh, one of those? Do you, have, do you of, have an HD DVD player too, or whatever those are called? No, I didn't. I didn't buy into that horse shit. Okay, continue. Beta? Yeah, beta. No, I was VHS. <laughs> okay, I didn't have the money at the time. Beta was hot. Well done. But uh, but it was it was a great cheap way to to just learn about all this old rock and roll. So of those first albums, like when you're going through them, I mean, obviously you got them there. You had probably I don't know eight, seven albums of Alice Cooper. Like, was there any specific songs that that grabbed you or? Or a specific it, album that, that hooked you right away that you're like. Well, I mean, to this day, the killer record is I still play it. Yeah. 
I, I'm more of a fan of when they were a band, when it was Alice Cooper, the band. Sure. And, and I'm like, I, I'm an oddity here where in the north central Ohio, there's like no one else that that's like a fucking geek in, in my little town. And people will say Alice Cooper. And the first thing out of my mouth is, you know, they used to be a band and they look at, <laughs> they look at me like I'm a fucking idiot. And, and so I really, I really love, but I mean, even, you know, welcome to my nightmare goes to hell. And then I love that, that era flush the fashion, special forces, zipper, right. zipper catch of skin. Dada. I never could get into, mm-hmm. uh, but, no, see, uh, you know, Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Luce, but you and uh, Joey both recommended Dada from the era, correct? As far as albums of that era. Well, the Lost Era is pretty much for me lost for several reasons. Yeah. And but I didn't that, get Dada that, at all. That was the one that I left and checked out, and I was like, I still yeah. don't. I mean, it's it's an acquired taste. It's it's yeah. like kind of, it's kind of the same thing as is kind of like when you go to your whatever your 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 bands are that there's that zone where they're not really that popular, but you kind of find the nuggets out of them. That's kind of that era for me. Oh. I like all the shit Sinzak gives the elder, but this is his. That was his favorite era. That old special forces Dada shit. I don't yeah, know. I yeah. Don't know. It. Uh, my buddy Michael Hannon. He's like he's a big Dada fan. He loves Alice's lyrics. Of course, he's a big lyrics guy. You know, from American Dog. And and you know, I Constrictor at the time I loved. It's aged horribly. <laughs> uh, raise, the raise drums. Your... I didn't even know the drums were all a drum machine until later. It's yeah. an MCA issue, if you ask me. But yeah. What was it? That was a record label, right? MCA? Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. And uh, Raise Your Fist and Yell, Side 2 is brilliant. Love is Side 2. Open with Prince of Darkness? Yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about that song, I don't think. Maybe we did, but I love that tune, too. That's that's a dead run. That that Side 2 is amazing. And then, then Alice totally lost me with Trash and Hey Stupid. I hated those records. I, I do don't have, mind hey stupid, but I do not like trash. So okay, the last temptation. Yep. Came with a comic book. Sure did. Tell you what, if that thing came out ten years earlier, I would have went ape shit. Yep. But it was it was about seventeen, eight yeah, seventeen. I was, you know, it was comic books and rock and roll. Sure. And at at seventeen I discovered alcohol and women. <laughs> yes. Something had to give, and it was comic books. I just, it was like, no, okay, comic books, sorry, guys, you're done. <laughs> and that last temptation came out and had a comic book, and, and I was just like, meh. And I, I bought it. You know, I'm an Alice fan. I picked it up, and I, I don't know, the record just didn't do a lot for me. There's, I love Lost in America, I love the chorus, but the verse is just kind of great on me. Mm-hmm. I like the verse. Yeah, I like the verse too. It's a nice revolving. It gets to, by the by the. Cause I ain't got a job. <laughs> I like it, but then then by the second one, I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, right, I suppose right. it yeah. really is. It's yeah. more of a jingle than it is a song, but. Play and on. that 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 was his last one for Epic, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the last one from Epic, and, and just to mention, because we didn't we, we did the recording session in a big marathon, um, just like three hour deal one night. So, essentially. That just to give a little bit of, of history there, that came out in 94, and then he didn't do anything after that until 2000 with Brutal Planet, and then 2001. Like no tours or nothing? He did tour, but he didn't put out any, any music until no music. 2000 and 2001. So six years is by far almost double the... Yeah, he did, didn't he throw out that live record? Yeah, sure. I mean, that yeah, was kind of a placeholder. Was, you know, the box that set came boom. on during that time too, right? What did? The box set. 
I believe so. Yeah, I think the box set came out, and yeah, there's some placeholders. But I'm just saying that there is this this era is the sure is the longest in time, but the you know the, the and, least as far as albums. Go ahead. And, and back, I know we all kind of grew up back in the day. Six years was a goddamn eternity. That's for twelve a, a albums rock band. back in the seventies. Yeah, it's fucking first grade to sixth yeah. grade. Yeah. But but that that layoff for Alice, it was just like you know. I remember going and seeing them live at that point, but as far as recorded music, yeah, that, that's a freaking eternity in rock and roll. Yeah, so let's talk about the the live part because uh, I moved up since you're Midwest guy, you'll you'll probably recognize this venue, but I lived in the fine metropolis of Maryville, Indiana, at one point. And yeah, have you ever yeah. heard of, have you ever heard of the Star Plaza? Yes, yes, I have. You probably see it on like tour things every once in a while, right? Exactly. That, okay, so he played there. It was like his second home through the years of 97 to 2011. So basically he wasn't putting out music, but he was there. I saw him four times in that like zone, but he is, and I'll throw it to you in a second, but Alice Cooper is the only artist that I will accept playing an hour and 20 to an hour and 30 minutes set as a headliner because he never stops. Medleys, constantly going. You do not leave there hearing less than 20 songs in that time period, because there's no bullshit, hey, what's going on, and noodling and, and, and shit like that. Would you agree that after an hour and a half, you're still satisfied with him? Yeah, uh, and he always pulls out at least one nugget. Every every time I see him, he'll play some old song, and I'm like, oh, yeah, great. Yeah. And so, yeah, I like that. I You know, I, I, was, I was raised on the KISS tradition of mm-hmm. the, the 80s when they do the exact same fucking set list except for the two new songs. Yep. And, that's and to me, you're I, the only one who wants to hear that stuff, Rob. That's right. <laughs> Nobody else does. No, that's right. Not we, even on the Kiss Cruise. It's fucking Love Gun and Rock and Roll Night. Continue, Mr. Kern. <laughs> Dr. Kern, can you come back? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, okay. sir. Yes. Uh, no, I agree. I. It doesn't bother me an 80-minute set, 85-minute set from Alice. No, I have a fun time. It's theatric. Like you said, he's moving the whole damn time. He doesn't just stand there. And, yeah, it's – No, I, I've always enjoyed Alice shows. I've never walked away from an Alice Cooper show going, eh. And he's one of the only performers that, like, I, I just you know, basically interrupted and talked on you, like Bakwa and I like to do the entire show. But the <laughs> – what, what I said was medley. is like that's what's so great about his shows is there's – because you just mentioned Kiss is like can you imagine if they did like five songs to kind of blended – Little little nugget songs like he does in there. That's that's a great format that he does. He'll play no more Mr. Nice Guy, but he'll maybe play two minutes of it sometimes, and then he'll blend right. it into something else. My little uh, chime in on Alice Live. Uh, as I'm, I, you, you may I know Luce knows, but maybe you do too, Rob. I got a chance to uh, I got like a photo pass for Motley Crue and Alice was opening, um, yeah. and, and I, I've seen Alice a few times, but I've never been you know you know fourteen inches away from him. Um, it, it is amazing how. I don't know. I had a, a higher respect. Just, I mean, he is so into it, and he's he's such a professional. It's just like, oh, yeah. it's, it's amazing how good he is. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It, it was like, wow. And the, the having the band that he had helped a lot too. Uh, I think it's the best lineup I've seen him play with. Well, they're solid now too. No, I, I agree. But it's cool that he still has the. He's not playing. He's not actually playing stadiums. I mean, he'll keep doing like the Hollywood Vampire stuff right now. He's back on tour again with, I guess it's called Johnny Depp's in that. Yeah. I'm aware of that. Thank you. 
That was a good marketing move they did because nobody would have given two shits about an Alice Cooper cover album without it being called Hollywood Vampires and, you know, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow playing whatever. What, what does he play? Bongos? What the fuck does he play? Does he play guitar? I don't even know. He doesn't know how to tie his shoes, by the way. Oh, is that correct? That's what confirmed? I heard. I, I don't know. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first. He Johnny just, Depp cannot tie his shoes. He looks like he's too important to tie his shoes. I That's true. He has assistance for that. But yeah, I mean, he's constantly, constantly tours. Like I, like I was saying, like that's just as good to see because he doesn't, like I said, the star plaza is maybe 3000 and he does, he did the, he's played everywhere and he continues to do so. His tour right now is not exactly playing the tip top places, but he just likes to do it. He, I'll interject a story here. My, my buddy Ron Leininger that owns route 33 rhythm and Brews, which I, to me is the greatest rock and roll roadhouse on the planet. Mm Mm-hmm. Huge Alice Cooper fan, and he's got like Cooper's Corner with all this signed stuff. And Dennis Dunaway's played there before, and so all this stuff signed. And you know, of course, Michael Hannon from American Dog, we're but we're good buddies with Ron. And Michael knows Catherine Turman, who produces uh, Nights with Alice Cooper. She used to be an editor, editor for Rip Magazine. Ah, okay. And Michael reached out to her and said, hey, all right, you know, our buddy Ron is a huge Cooper fan. Is there anything he's playing Lima, Ohio, which is just up the road from him. Is there anything you can do? And she set him up with a meet and greet with Alice. And like when the show ended, they treated him like a total VIP, like all the roadies and everything knew who he was. And he was he was doing that, like where he does the paid meet and greet where you can buy the VIP. And he was meeting all those people. They held him till last. And Alice actually like, hey, Ron, how are you doing? Like they coached him ahead of time. And and he ended up talking about Ron's venue on his radio show and giving him a shout and, you know, dropping Ron's name. But Ron took a giant stack of Alice Cooper merchandise thinking, you know, he had all this old vintage stuff. And he's like, if he signs three things, I'm going to be happy. Mm-hmm. And he said Alice sat there and signed every goddamn piece he had. And Ron even had, like, like promo photos that they never used that Dennis Dunaway gave him. And Alice is like, holy shit, I didn't think anybody had this. That's and awesome. he said it got he said it got to the point, And he said Alice had just played a whole show. And, you know, he's no spring chicken. And he had to do a show the next night. And he said, never once did anybody come up and say, okay, Alice, hey, we got to get rolling. He said, I actually felt bad because Alice just, after he signed everything, he just kept hanging out and talking with me. He was in no hurry at all. And I think that speaks volumes about when, when even the road crew is cool, that speaks volumes about how he is as a person. Yes, that you couldn't see, yeah, 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 that you were under my wheels, honey. 
So, so Dr. Kern, uh, would you like yes. to give us your 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 opinion they on? Call me Dr. Kern. <laughs> I didn't even see that coming. But so yeah, you want to break down? I mean, you give us opinion on Last Temptation didn't really do do it for you. You know, comic books. You were into porn at the time instead, and, and things like that. And, and you're kind of moving on and drinking and, and other addictions at the and, time. And, <laughs> at, the, at, at the time, and you've, you, you've moved past that. Past Any, that. Into it, yeah. You're back to comic books, and you're back to little toys and stuff like that. Now it's been a full circle thing. But anyway, going back to you. So, so how? Uh, how what opinions oh, do you have on brutal, brutal caricatures and uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever? Anyway, I think that's enough uh, of a segue for now. So, what do you think, Brutal Planet and Dragon Town? Your opinions, sir. Uh, you know, God bless Spitfire Records. That's what I want to say. Is can can we all give a golf clap for Spitfire? I don't even know if that worked. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Sounds like ass. Yes. Golf clap. How, how broke was that fucker now? I mean, they dumped a ton of money in, into bands that that we all loved. Who else and, were on there? I remember there's a bunch at the oh, time. It was like, yeah. break, break it down. Give a few. Jesus. Uh, enough's enough. Oh, I didn't know they were on that. Union, right? The, yeah, yeah. Was Union there, too? Or no, no, that was, yeah, yeah. Union was Spitfire. Okay. Uh, they did They did some Raven reissues. They had Alice Cooper, <laughs> uh, like Dio's Magica. I mean, a bunch Raven of... Uh, reissues. That had to be a fucking gold mine. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I can't believe it. They're like, let's put everything on Raven. All in! <laughs> Black Label Society, Overkill was there for a while. I mean, there was just a you know, Nashville pussy. Uh, you know, them and CMC Records. I remember them too, yeah. Really yeah. were like the last hurrah for a lot of the bands of, of the era that, of music yeah. that we like. And they sure. even signed some, you know, some newer bands too. I One of those labels had, uh, Jesus, I can't, Hair of the Dog. That's that right, yeah, Spitfire. Yeah. Spitfire. They're on the same sampler that Brutal Planet's on that I got. Yeah, I fucking loved Hair of the Dog. And I God bless them, they tried. Right. And uh they worked it hard. And and it that was an album that I bought in the three dollar bin, Brutal Planet, because mm-hmm. I just the last album I was like, eh. Right. And and it was in the three dollar bin and I picked it up and put it in the C D player on the drive home and I dug it. I mean, it was kind of that uh, Marilyn Manson-y kind of vibe. And, and we do need to mention this era is kind of when Alice, you know, found Jeebus. He was he was looking for his remote in the couch, and bam, there was Jesus down in there. <laughs> and, and uh, I, you know, it, that never turned me off. And a lot of ba- – when people start getting all Jesus-y, man, I run the other way normally. Sure. Being a, for, a, a former Catholic boy kicked out of the, uh, the altar boy <laughs> corps at 10 years old. Um, that's, that's exactly why when I can't find the remote, I make my wife find it. I, <laughs> just in, case, just in case you find them. I don't want to accidentally find Jesus. <laughs> in the shower, it happens a lot, too. Like you have soap in your eyes and you're reaching for a washcloth. This guy's everywhere. Jesus. Oh you know, then you're done. You're hit. You're never safe. <laughs> <laughs> He's everywhere. That's what they say. Exactly. And, uh, but Brutal Planet, I, I dug him. that record. Yes. It was kind of Marilyn Manson-y sure. and, you know, kind of heavy. Okay. I dug it. And, and uh, we talked about this before the show started. That that song, Pessimistic, I, I just dig it. I don't know why. Yeah, the 
going back to the last temptation, what you talked about all this, this all this Jesus talk. The the thing I'll just mention is uh, when we did the show, which we'll talk to you a little bit, is that's where we call the morality era. Is that uh, Joey from Mark Starks Ten, who's also on the show with the, that we recorded. He's like, yeah, if you listen to it, there's actually some undertones that that's when he has his Christian albums. But he says that works on two different levels. Unless you're looking for it, you don't see it. And I'm like, that's right. actually kind of true because I went actually after the podcast was done, I listened to the last two tracks on Last Temptation, which is basically him meeting evil, falling, escaping. And the last song, It's Me, which is like a ballad. If you listen to it at first, you're like, oh, like until I heard that, I was like, oh, okay. So this is just some chick that keeps sinning and. It's like, it's me, it's me, come on back. You, you've sinned, you've done everything. I'm like, this dude is just yeah. getting abused. This, this bitch is crazy. <laughs> She's a horrible human. She keeps these dupes, and this guy keeps taking her back. And it's like, oh, I get it. It's me can also be Jesus. And then cleansed by fire is him basically getting away from the devil and leaving. But my point being is that unless you're looking for it, it just seems like a, a ballad about a chick that's basically destroying you and you keep taking her back. Right. You know, the, so the weird um, uh, thing you can take away from that is like, you know, growing up, uh, uh, we all were led to believe at least well i'm assuming that we could accident accident <laughs> we could accidentally start worshiping satan just by listening to music yes that, yes, that, yeah. that, that all the, all the satanic messages were tricks that Correct. we were being tricked into but what you just described was a jesus trick like yeah, it was it was a trick worshiping jesus <laughs> yeah it's unbelievable yeah. like i listen yeah, to it, i'm sneaky. like i'm like that's sneaky it's me <laughs> he's talking about satan's way more blunt Transitioning. Back to you, Mr. Kern. Uh, no, Brutal Planet, I really dug. I, I, I was like, that was one of the best $3 I ever spent. Now, it's not an album I've played in, in years, but I would say, you know, that 2000, 2001, it was definitely, I'd put it in when I'm driving around and, and play it. Both of the ideas of them, the concepts, were better than the reality. Like, the fact that, that I liked Brutal Planet, but then... You know, with Dragon Town, one thing we didn't talk about the podcast, I'll add on there is Dragon Town's like they focused on like these. This is supposed to be the worst town in Brutal Planet on Brutal Planet, and that there's that um, 
some of her songs were one, you know, they were talking about Elvis. They were talking about uh, basically his, his like dead drunk friends or when you want to call them. They had John Lennon that was the supposed to be much too late. And I don't even know if you remember these songs. And then the other one was Dragon Town, supposed to be Jim Morrison, like the way he sings uh, on different okay. ones. There's I, different ones on there. But again, for me, it was like about 50-50 on, on those two. The Elvis tune was one I really dug. You like that one? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Disgraceland? Yes, yes. Yeah, I had a lot of guns When I found me dead The whole world was stunned Went to the pearly gates Said I'm all here to sing And Peter said, well son, you see We already got ourselves a king He lived on southern deep fried spam Killed on pills and woke in disgrace Like me down there on the floor. I heard the devil cry. I read the loud clear. He were a big man bad. He just a side man here. No, I know your face. And I heard your name. Looks like heaven's lost. Are gonna be my game. I got plans for you. He is waiting. You loving the impersonation that Alice Cooper does of Elvis. What, what other songs do you like in this era? <laughs> that, on the, on the, <laughs> did he peak at that point when he's talking about eating country ham and you uh, dying on the? I think Elvis. he he rhymes something like he died on his throne all alone. Usually, I like the title track from a record, and Dragon Town just did nothing for me. Okay, uh, Trigger Man, I dug. Yep, uh, pretty solid. Yeah. And, and we did forget to mention that on uh, on Brutal Planet, the Catman played drums, and mean, and I'm meaning I'm saying Catman trademark. Correct. Uh, he did. He did. Yes. 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 He did on that yeah. one. And for some reason, he wasn't on Dragon Town, probably because he was back as the Catman during that. Yeah. That. And, and album. can can we talk about that for a minute? I I don't know. We'll, we'll just you can you can cut it out or keep it in. I really think you should keep it in because we're talking about the Catman trademark. Sure, I'm entering. Okay, rant one of loud, drunk, and angry. <laughs> Eric Singer, the Catman trademark. Yes. Oh wait, this is a loud, drunk, and angry. We got to <laughs> crack a beer. <laughs> is it his full title, by the way? Can you? The Eric Catman Singer, trademark. the Catman trademark. Catman yes. trademark. The, the first time I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. The first time he walked out with the Catman makeup, what I wanted to see Gene and Paul's face because he literally looks 
like an eight-year-old kid that said, I want to be Peter Chris. He's that guy. Like, I remember being a kid, and there were four of us that wanted to paint up like Kiss, and one guy blurted out right away, I want to be Peter Chris. And we just all looked at him like, Jesus, really? Not even Have Peter Chris it. wants. Not even Peter Chris wants to be Peter Chris. Yeah, there's the line. <laughs> yeah, and he just. There's times that it looks okay, and there's. It's like he has no quality control on the makeup. <laughs> it's like, can't there be a process document in place that like somebody paints that shit? Because sometimes it looks goddamn ridiculous, and he looks like an eight year old kid. Give him not even a Halloween bag. Give him a. A, a, a pillow case yes to get candy it's ridiculous <laughs> how about we do just a quick because the intro music going into the show is going to be little things which basically is basically Al, Alice Cooper getting pissed off about teeny things that make him lose his mind um, I figured kind of like a rant comment might might ramp into it or something like that what do you got up your sleeve something something to bitch about like I'm just trying to think how I can transition into it edit wise how about just, all right, that's enough. Yeah, crack it open and just say, all right, enough of that. Here's here's Alice Cooper. Well, you just talked over my beer crack. That's pissing me ah, off God right damn. there. That was the last God beer I had it, to Luke drink. Are you telling me that's the little things that piss you off? It's fucking I had a beer crack and you talked over my beer crack. That's goddamn horse shit. And I don't, I don't like it, man. You're like, hey, let's wrap this up. I got another beer to drink. I'm still <laughs> ready to shoot the shit and talk. And you guys are ready just to fucking bail on me. That's horse shit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And with that said, here's Alice Cooper. (laughs) Just the little things. You can steal my car, drive it into the lake. You can stick me in the oven and put it on bake. You can throw a big brick through my window pane. But if I never hear you ask me how I got my name, it's the little thing. It's just a little thing Oh, it's a little thing It's just a little thing Yeah, it's a little thing It drives me wild Joey, why don't you break us into the next era? Uh, the morality trilogy, starting with Last Temptation, going into Brutal Planet, and Dragon Town. Now, some might say that's a weird, like, hey, 
Last Temptation doesn't work with Brutal Plan and Dragon Town. It doesn't on a production scale or even a performance scale, but the lyrical content and the approach that Alice took, uh, and this is gonna this could turn some people off to even listening to him if they haven't yet. And let's just say I'm not a fan of this approach uh, on the surface, but this is Alice's Christian albums. How about yeah. that for some shock radio? Yeah, I've heard that. I just, for yeah. me, I, I think it's mostly just uh, him taking stuff from more real life. Yeah, it's, it's and, showing showing basically that real life is even more scarier than than. Yeah. Uh, but he he did speak on this, and it, it works if you're looking for it. But if you're not looking for it, it's fine. It works th- on both levels. For, I think on Last Temptation, Last Temptation definitely works more uh, it, than the others, too. Yeah, and the others are more like CNN uh, right. going into like the survivalist culture and stuff like that. Uh, Last Temptation is, is a very well-done attempt at a nightmare sequel of sorts huh. or a goes-to-hell sequel. Right. It's definitely from that approach. And... It's it's weird because the production it can be stripped down at times, but I think it's the closest he ever came to replicating "Welcome to My Nightmare" without putting the title on the album. It's it's a cool concept. It had a whole journey with the Neil Gaiman graphic novels and My everything. My God, wasn't that amazing? I mean, I don't yeah. the, the 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 packaging of that was was crazy. The fact that you got the whole comic book and you know that's the kind of level of stuff you would. And it's not like Alice was kicking ass on the top of the world but you know why couldn't no. like you know a kiss or something like that or it was that kind of packaging that just was incredible for him to even get the 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 sign off to get it yeah. <laughs> you know no? yeah and super strong songs on the album throughout there's there are a lot there are a handful of song doctors on it shaw blades does a few things on yep. it yep uh, but very well done and once again some great ballads some cool rockers it's it's up there in Alice albums, in my opinion, especially anything post original band. Huh. Yeah, and then the other two, I'm, you know, please, please chime in if you'd like. I feel like I'm kind of just freaking hijacking it. Uh, but you well, know, I'll just I'll talk about Last Temptation a little bit more. Sure, yeah, please. Just so kind of do this. Yes, yeah, this makes a little sense. We'll we'll hit all three because there's only three. We'll kind of make our comments on them and then kind of pick our favorite yeah. at the end. When this yeah. first came out, I was this I was locked into this album. I thought it was awesome. Kind of the same thing. Like, welcome my nightmare. Uh, I'm following the theme. It, it flows. And, you know, one of them that I definitely is a great song, and I love hearing it live, the one that obviously does not fit as much as Lost in America, but yeah. it's but into the theme, but, you know, great song. It's the perfect Alice kind of, you know, funny lyrics too will be in... Uh, uh, it's just it's just a solid track, but the the stand up from fight for your right to party approach. It, it, kind like of. the alliteration is very. Fight I love I love that track.
the whole revolving like I have this I don't have that it's 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 fun it's always fun live and it's the one that really I've seen him <clears throat> play some of these songs in the set and that's that's the one that works the most like some of them just for whatever reason this album is not for the ones he did play like I think yeah. I've seen him play cleanse by fire and it goes over like a you know an egg fart in church um, yeah Lo- but, loved hearing it live but yeah it doesn't it got better at Easter yeah exactly but you know, then you've got. Uh, but my, I'll just say my favorite right now is my favorite actually of this era is on this, and that's "Bad Place Alone." Good song, yeah. So it's it's, it's very catchy. Uh, the 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 um, Chris Cornell co-writes. I like "Still in Prayer." I definitely don't like "Unholy War" for whatever reason. I don't think it works as well. well I take your words and try them on. 
That it's it's I remember like that was that's kind of like let's get on radio that's what it felt like at least because that was the song they went with for Which hard one? rock radio. Stone prayer? They, no, they actually went with unholy war. Did on they? Hard, yeah, on I don't hard remember rock that radio. Anywhere. They did oh. regular regular rock radio. The release was lost in America, but they actually had two singles out at the same time. Yeah, and unholy war did not go over well, despite the fact that they were like, "Hey, Chris Cornell's on this track," but it, it just didn't work because it's a it's. The music is good, but the lyrics are completely, terribly weak. Nice. Uh, very un-Alice-like. Yeah. So I blame Chris Cornell. I do, too. Baco, <laughs> your thoughts? Well, I remember Jackal was dominating the charts at that time. <laughs> well, Jackal, yeah, it was, Jackal me off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I know we, we group these together, but for me, the last temptation... Um, until Welcome to My Nightmare 2, and I'm not talking about quality of record, but it was the last real, like, this is a record by a real company, by a, a you know, uh, that was the last record. After this, he kind of goes to where he's hitting all those kind of, like, minor labels, and there didn't seem to be a lot of, like, uh, noticed when they were coming out and things of that nature. I can see um, that. Yeah, that's the trouble with um, big indies, you know. Yeah, you're not wrong, but, um, I... I 
I didn't mind um, Last Temptation, but it didn't do a whole lot for me. The standout track would be Lost in America. Um, Brutal Planet and Dragon Town, I think, are okay. Okay, go ahead. Let's go to Brutal Planet next. Uh, Alice uh, hanging out with Rob Zombie really rubbed off on him. <laughs> and that's, his, that's, his that's, 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 yeah, it's that, I'm not bashing it. And of course, you know, Manson, of course, obviously the Manson influence. It's like when guys like Bowie and, you know, Kiss or whatever become followers and not leaders. And, you know, mm-hmm. the younger, the younger guys are leading the pack. He'd already kind of done that though. That's the kind of thing I think that most, he, Alice is one of the people that I think does some following and a lot of times it works for him. But yeah. this, this didn't work overall completely. So Brutal Plan, I, I will say about Brutal Plan and Dragon Town, this was a time I was actually working at a record store at the time. And in 2000, this is going to sound, I don't even know any other way to say it. I was very metal. You know, my favorite albums at the time were heavy metal albums. Right. So Alice putting out metal records was perfect timing for me. Like that, this is what I wanted to hear him do at the time. Right. They may not work as much now in retrospect, but there's some really cool stuff on these albums. I think the concept that he was going for, I think, works. They're very post-apocalyptic. They're very much also talking about what's going on. You know, he was a big CNN watcher at the time. He admitted that. So it's it's very much a downer. That's that's the only thing that, in retrospect, it doesn't work as an Alice album is that they're so heavy that the humor is very much lost with the exception of one to two tracks each album. Correct. But but the heaviness and the heavy-handedness of it outweighs the overall Alice party that we're used to, where you can have dead babies, but you can also have, you know, that fun, you know, wink and a nudge kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I, when I listened to this for the first time, it was the same thing with me. It's like, I was like, I like this. He's, he's amping it up. You know, it kind of sounded like stuff at the time. Brutal Planet Live has never worked because you have to have that... Um, I guess with Orianthe, it worked a little better when I saw him do it. But the, yeah, yeah, you I have just, to have that chorus. That's what makes that, that thing. Because musically, that song is just kind of trudging. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, the, but the lyrics are fucking awesome. Why don't you come down to It's such a brutal planet It's such an ugly world Why won't you come down to Deceiving snake 
that yeah, song. And Bob, Bob Marlette did a great job on production. Like he was doing Motorhead records at the time, so you you hear where that's coming from. I can and see I, that. I, I love that. I love that chorus. It's really cool. When I first heard that, I lost my mind. I was like, "This is awesome!" Right? Fucking fucking great. Great tour too, by the way. Uh, but yeah, like that. That's why I think now, in retrospect, Sanctuary and it's the little things off that record hold up a little better. Oh, uh, because. Better. Because they're more tongue in cheek. Same gray suit, same brown shoes, same headache, same pills. He goes home, thinks about suicide. But he's got his diploma, you gotta give him that. I got a radical place, come on your friend with me. It's my sanctuary, it's a castle of doom, I'm the king of my room. Just like Wadi Moto, let the world go away. Put on a shirt, put on a tie, get a job, buy a car, get some insurance. Cause I'll probably have a heart attack by the time I'm 40. I guess I'll find the perfect wife, and I'll have 2.3 perfect kids. And if I work real hard, and if I die real fast, they'll all turn out just like me. And just like on uh, Dragon Town, much too late. Great lyrics. Yep, that Dis- one's good. And as silly as it is, Disgraceland is is very much appreciated uh, during that album because man, that uh, Dragon Town is heavier than Brutal Planet on a lot of levels. Uh, but it's weirder. It and, doesn't have the cohesiveness and, and weaker. I mean, for me, uh, th- th- a lot of these things, like it sounds like you're saying, don't stand up as much for me. I like uh, Wickedly Young Mang, Sanctuary, Blow Me a Kiss is okay. Eat some more is disgusting. Pick up the bones. Oh, God, Pick up the yeah. bones is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, I mean, literally the stuff about. What did you it think of dis- the Saw movies? <laughs> disgusting. Oh. <laughs> I, I did like on the on Trigger Man on Dragon Town. I love that he shouted out to Frank Zappa when he says, "I'm the Brain Police." That oh, I didn't get that. That did not go unnoticed by this cool. uh, super fanboy over here.
Gimme. Uh, I do not understand why he ever played that song live, nor put that out as a single. I, I can't stand that song. Great video, though. Fine. That, vid- that video, the, at the time, I thought that was the funniest thing. If you haven't seen the video, go watch the video. But that whole uh, woman trilogy was kind of interesting. I like them a little bit. They're a little odd yeah. now. But it's and the I fact was, that it was woman, you know, woman bleed, yeah. take it like a woman. And uh, what's the other one called? Like, uh, woman, get me my slippers. What's the, what's the, <laughs> one, the, the one on Dragon Town? Yeah. Uh, Every woman has a name. Every woman has a name. Yes. yes. You thought you had your Mr. Right, but he was really Mr. Hyde. Your most precious gift You were his bleeding bride He tied you up Pulled your hair And slapped your innocent face Yeah, you were black and blue He laughed at you So what'd you do? Are you been beaten down? Kicked around On the ground But you took it like a woman
I was just defending the ballads earlier. These are my least favorite ballads of yeah, any Alice record. Sure. And also, Can't Sleep Clowns Will Eat Me should have been on at least one of those albums. That's a fun <laughs> song. That's, if you haven't heard that, it's on the Dragon Town Special Edition. And it definitely should have been on there. It's got the humor that, that, that those albums sorely needed. Yeah. I mean, again, it has a comma. So, you know, it's good. <laughs> I'm a parenthesis chop, 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 myself chop. for the most part. Yeah, you like I, the parentheses. You know, yeah. I never understand the parentheses. Just put it there.
Yeah, th- these two albums are were. I saw him actually on the Dragon. I did not see Brutal Planet, but I saw the Dragon Town tour, and I can tell you that he played. That he started off the the. Um, I actually just saw this on YouTube because I was thinking I was going back and looking at, it, and I think he played Deeper, Dragon Town, and Sex, Death, and Money, Death and, and Money, and Fantasy Man, and it was like just hitting a wall of of shit. It um, wow. because he started with it. Um, wow, <clears throat> I, I do not. <clears throat> That's ballsy, like man. That's ballsy. What, all four of those in a row, you mean? Yeah. Oh, no, that's how he started the concert. He started with Dragon Town. I know, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's super ballsy. And the, that never goes well when you play four new songs off the bat. I don't. I almost don't care how good your new album is or if you believe no. in it that much. you got to spread that shit out, man. If it wasn't, like, if it wasn't four, it was three because I recently saw it again. It was a medley. I will say he didn't play all three in full, mm. but it still was like okay. ten minutes of like yeah. – you know, looking at your watch. Wow. But, but uh, as a fan, I would have loved to have seen that just because it's unique, you know, like it is unique, but for some reason, those that dragon town is probably the best song on dragon town. Maybe. I don't know. It's, it's just a very, um, uh, your thoughts. My thoughts is just that at the time I, I knew that I did uh, the dragon town was the weaker of it, but now I hardly like anything on it. Um, and, <clears throat> but then I probably like half of brutal planet, but, uh, but like you said, it was the subject matter. There's very little, Fancy Man was good just because of there was more. It's funny, funny, but it, but then yeah. you got stuff that were. Anytime he throws a little too much pop culture, like saying Oprah, or yeah. later on where he talks about an Xbox and yeah, I know stuff right? like that. It oh. kind of kills it, you know. Yeah, um, I, I'm with you on that. But, That's why I don't think Eminem is going to hold up the way the critics think because, like, in 30 years from now, they're going to be like, "Who the fuck is Carson Daly?" Favorite album of these three is man. I'm, I'm gonna have to say brutal because these are not my, this is not my favorite era. So I'm, I'm still gonna say brutal planet just because last temptation. Some of those have kind of fallen off for me. 
Um, even though I, I keep to, seem to be doing this, I picked my favorite song, "Bad Place Alone," from an album that that I would put that second in my least is is Dragon Town. So, "Brutal Planet," favorite song, "Bad Alone," and least favorite, "Dragon Town."
Um, I gotta go with uh, The Last Temptation as far as my favorite. Um, song's gotta be Lost in America. Least favorite, uh, I guess Brutal Planet. Maybe, I don't know. I don't like Dragon Town that much either. Neither one of those do much for me. I agree. I'm going with Dragon Town, least favorite album. Favorite album? Oh. That was me. <laughs> He's a, he has this fridge within reaching distance at all times. No, I got one empty and one I just opened sitting on my little table and I okay. kicked it. Yeah, we we are Sorry. always ripping off. But we're always ripping off Butler in some way or another. That's right, by drinking. Um, yes, uh, he's got a fridge in his studio too. I think. Uh, favorite album from that era? I'm going Last Temptation as well. I'm agreeing with Baco. And for song, uh, another gem. And when even when he played like kind of almost like he, I've only seen him play this once, and it was on the '96 tour, which was one of the best set lists he ever did. Uh, Sideshow. That song is classic Alice Cooper. Love that song. And it's also a little extra long. It has that feel that it, it's on Killer or School's Out. And I think that's the closest he has ever come with the exception. I can't talk tonight. With the exception of some of those songs we're going to talk about later, some of those records. But that was really, that's a classic Alice song. Sideshow should be listened to. That's the gem from the era, in my opinion. You know what? I'm actually looking at the track listing here. I'm actually going to uh, retract my bid for for uh, Brutal Planet. I think that I'm going to go back to Last Temptation. I'm looking at this right. now, and, and uh, I see there's more. <laughs> it's a sweep. There's more. Yeah. There's more. Uh, uh, missteps the only one. Here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's it's me is great. That's a that's that's a great Alice ballad. That's yeah, true. Uh, yeah, Lullaby, I'm looking at that. I'm like, yeah. is cool. And it yeah. had variety. Like the other ones could almost. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah Cleanse by Fire is better on record than it is live. All right, friends, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. This concludes the end of the morality era. We'll be back soon for the last episode of this just monster series we've been doing, which is the modern era. It goes from Eyes of Alice Cooper all the way up to Hollywood Vampires. So we're going to leave you with a bookend of sorts from the album we picked as best from Last Temptation. And that's the first track, Joey's Pick, Sideshow. And we're going to end it with the last track, Cleanse by Fire. We'll see you next time. I pay to see the freaks. Some finger licking, chicken eating geek. Hey, that sounds cool to me. I just want to step inside.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.